welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, if you've never listened to this show, uh, it's a podcast where I bring on a friend to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. We, If you've listened to this show before, you'll know that we talk... Um, as much about not only what made the game fun or great to this person or um, the general public, but also what was special to them about the experience of playing this game. Um, I I love video games and I love hearing about uh, why other people love games, so that's why I started this show. Anyway, before we get into some more stuff and I introduce our guest in our game, a little housekeeping. Uh, if you have any questions about the show, uh, suggestions that you want to let us know things you're liking, please email us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to learn more information about the show, uh, check out the video portions to uh, learn a little bit about Jeremy, our producer and myself, visit uh, callmebyyourgame.com. And that, thankfully, is all she wrote about housekeeping. Let's get right into the show. Um, I want to welcome to the show our guest today. As I said on the video portion, a guest that if there were prophets, they would have prophesied that he would be on the show someday. Please welcome Greg Smith. Hello. Greg, so great to have you on the show. Happy to fulfill the prophecy. Uh, I'm happy that you're... And I would assume you're someone who has fulfilled many prophecies in your life. Am I... The reluctant hero of many <laughs> Joseph Campbell-esque stories. <laughs> Who's to say? You know what? I am to say, and I say yes. Oh, boy. You're so, too sweet. Uh, thanks for coming I will on answer the call. Perfect. Leading us into act two, baby. Ooh, what's the dark night of the soul gonna be? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we, we're all screenwriters uh, here. You um, gotta save that cat. You gotta do it. You do. Um, <laughs> if you don't uh, know Greg, I'll say a little bit about you, but also feel free to share sure. anything about yourself that you want to. Um, it's always funny. I like write a line about someone, because usually when I'm like, hey, share about yourself, people are like, I don't know how to do that which is fair but i will say greg smith is an actor musician writer director and soul raiser in los los angeles california making the world a better place what and uh soul raiser i want it's like act raiser not like soul razor blade yes so you raise souls to just a nicer place that's the sweetest thing i've ever that's so kind of you thank you 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 deserve it you're you too are a soul raiser oh thank you very much (laughs) it's true oh that's very sweet um anything else you want to share about yourself or anything we should know about who you are yeah what do you what to know about me i'm from uh born and raised detroit michigan Ooh. Uh, moved out to Los Angeles 2012 all right to uh uh uh, pursue all those things you mentioned Mm -hmm. um I uh I like to be kind with people. <laughs> is that a sentence? I think, you know, it is a sentence. Yeah. For sure. Is it a good one? Could have been. Yeah, could have been. Uh, but maybe that's where the, uh, uh, to hear that I'm a quote soul raiser is, it, it, it overwhelmingly makes my heart grow because that is kind of all I try to do is just to like use the art I make, the storytelling I do, the silly improv I do, and the video game experiences I have. It's just like all I want to do is to positively impact other folks. I love that. I mean, so that's very kind and of I you. and I truly don't mean to say any of these things to like uh, none of this is icing on the cake. Uh, you are, I mean, and most of the people I bring on the show, like I'm, I'm like, oh, who am I singling out here? Yeah, Everyone, name him. Name I mean, him. I, Matt Apodaca, you suck. Yeah, Matt. Uh, this is your warning. We're you, coming. This after is your. You. you get one warning, Jack. <laughs> uh, I don't say any of that to like. Uh, uh, 
I just I'm truthful with all that. I think you're a great person, Thank and you. it's wonderful to have you. you on the show. And it's I, so wonderful, and to we've be been here. blessed with a m- bunch of other really wonderful people. So, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's part of what's special about you know being in the little communities we have out here. Yeah, it is such a every time I do a show and I just kind of like step back and I look at all of us doing this weird thing. I'm just mm-hmm. like, ugh, what a life, what Tr- a world. Truly, even um, like I'm think I've been thinking about that with myself a little bit. Uh, even hosting a show like Tuesday Night Thunder. We've yeah. almost been hosting that show for three years, and uh, it's probably no surprise to know that sometimes it's kind of a slog. Mm. Sometimes it's... I mean, it's a huge amount of work that goes into it every week, but I find... I was talking to someone, my friend, uh, another shout-out from Molly Kiernan. Uh, she's up on the shout-out leaderboard on this show. Um, I was oh, so- yeah. It takes up most of this room. Oh, for We're sure, sort of yeah. cramped in the corner. Yeah, we've uh, been generous with the shout-outs, but I was talking to her recently about how sometimes once you can just get to the show and like you said, take a step back and like appreciate it, even something like that, that is, you know, it's, I guess you could call it just an indie show at the clubhouse. You realize that like, we're really lucky to do a lot of this stuff and it's really fun. Yeah. hundred percent. We are. Um, well with all that said, um, let's move into the show discussion. The, we don't, we still haven't even talked about, um, the, the, we'll, we'll save the game stuff, like the specific game stuff for just a second. Would you, before we dive into that, since we're talking about you, would you tell me how you got into video games? Um, any any fun anecdotes you want to share? Where, what are they, or how are they still present in your life? Sure. Then? Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Sure. I don't, I don't know that I remember if I have like a cognizant memory of a world before video games. A reluctant hero and a reluctant gamer. <laughs> no, I'm saying the opposite. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I always forget what the word reluctant means, so I just used it in the incorrect context. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a, a, you just were born into gaming. Yes. Yes. It was inherited. Yes. Um, I feel like growing up, uh, 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 I grew up with an older brother named Gordon, and we had friends that had a lot of consoles, like uh, uh, sort of our closest family friend had an nes Mm. eventually we sort of inherited we inherited a super nintendo from a family member love that and then we inherited a sega genesis from a friend so we were lucky enough just through hand-me-downs and stuff to have both an snes and a sega genesis awesome in like the golden age of 16-bit and that man we would set that up in our basement our suburban detroit basement oh wow and it was just like staying up very late playing these games getting up i remember like getting up early being excited to play games that kind of thing especially during the summer because michigan summers are so humid oh yeah midwest yeah oof where are you from i'm from northern california from modesto california so you get like a nice ocean sort of humidity it's actually we it's pretty i would say it's like average average dry out there average to dry average to dry that's what i get Um, in my character break (laughs) (laughs) love that um but my I'm familiar with Midwest weather mm. only in the sense that my mom and my, most of my family are from St. Louis. Oh, yeah. So, like, if we would go back there, you know, every few years we get to be out there for a summer. So, at least familiar with the idea of what you're talking yeah, about. for sure, for sure. Uh, so, during these sticky, gross, humid, 100-degree-plus uh, uh, summers... We would hang out in our basement, and our basement was just like a salvation of coolness. Oh. 
and we in had, more than one way am i right hey <laughs> sunglasses just fell on both of our faces yes ow ouch <laughs> oh yours hurt no. ow. <laughs> um <laughs> and so we we had this kind of again i think this was inherited from a friend we had this bigger like maybe it's kind of three quarters tall of this wall i'm okay. looking at yeah it was a big beefy crt tv Oh. It was so big that you could like put shit on top of it. Uh, it was jutted up wow. against the back. And that big retro CRT TV, which unfortunately, uh, we had a flood in our basement a couple oh. years ago and it's lost. Oh, no. But that big beefy CRT TV ran through the gamut of consoles. Oh. We plugged in our SNES to there, our Sega Genesis. Eventually, we got an N64 for Christmas. Oh, congrats. Thank you so much. Do you remember uh, what year this was? Would, uh, when did it come out? 96. I think it may have... Absolutely was. Oh, yeah. I have a very vivid memory. Do you remember in newspapers, like, getting the sort of inner ads for, like, let's say a Best Buy or a Toys R Us? Yep, definitely. I remember, um, <laughs> I remember looking through those and circling the things I wanted and, like, leaving them around <laughs> for my parents for Christmas. And Just I remember it was, a, it was a huge discussion between me and my brother and kind of my dad, but he sort of didn't quite, couldn't have been bothered. He just wanted the answer. Sure. Between whether we would go PS1, or at that time just PS. Yes. Or N64. And we settled on N64. Wow. And by God, we got it for Christmas. Um, First, congratulations. Thank you because, so much. Because uh, any Christmas with a console is just a wonderful one. It really... Man, it really feels good. It was so... I remember vividly... Though the first console that I ever got gifted to me or that I ever... Because I also, when I came into consciousness, we had an NES. Um, <laughs> but we skipped up. We never had a Super Nintendo. Yeah. But then in 98, I got a, an N64 for mm-hmm. Christmas that year. And that was so the first console I ever got. Yeah. And so, I remember that so vividly. I remember seeing... Because it was like my quote-unquote Santa gift. So it was like the big... Yes. thing that i got yes which in my house would be unwrapped like my oh. my santa gift yeah did santa wrap your gifts did no you have all of santa? our gifts we did and my folks uh both of my folks were at the time music teachers oh wow their creativity artistry music runs through our family and mm-hmm. they would um they would wrap every single gift and every gift would have a tag that had like a clue <laughs> as to the gifts <laughs> And it would be from oh, it would be from like let's say for the N sixty four to be like from a particularly plugged in elf Aww, or something like that. That's so much. That's so fun. It's that's very such fun. like a like a like if you see it. I don't even know what I'm trying to describe. I love that. I don't. It's need very to go like into it's very <laughs> sappy Norman Rockwell. It is, oh, but yeah. that warms my heart. It warms my heart too. Oh, I love that. Um. Anyway, that's also a big. That was a big, like fork in the road for a lot of people was like the 64 sony yeah especially that one more than most times felt like a big choice you were making it was uh because both of them were such technological leaps yes like leaps to the point where the playstation it was a leap from a cartridge to a compact disc yeah which is bonkers Mm -hmm. um have you read i read this earlier this year have you read the book console wars no, ah, but you, I know it. You know of it? Yes. It's a very interesting read about the 16-bit wars between 
uh, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Uh, and they talk about how the PlayStation was going to be originally a Nintendo Sony uh, a hybrid console, yeah. the Nintendo PlayStation or whatever. And they made prototypes of like, I think it was the arrangement was going to be Sony technology gets you the CD and the increased graphics. Mm-hmm. Nintendo kind of takes the lead on software development. Yeah. Every, you know, corporate sort of bickering and egos get in the way. They split up and here we are. It's bonkers. We've we've discussed this, uh, this significant occurrence in time before on the show. Yeah. But it is really, and I've, I know I've said something along these lines before, uh, as much as I would have loved to see this Nintendo PlayStation, and right now they're actually auctioning off like yes, the they one are. they have, yeah. um, I also am, for I guess the video game climate out there, I'm really glad that it happened because I'm really glad that PlayStation, Sony's been out there to push Nintendo and vice versa, yes. and Microsoft. Uh, 100%. I mean, as much as I am like a, a for sure, a Nintendo person. Me too. Um I'm really just happy that Sony's around. It's always good in a... And just so you all know, I am a hard capitalist. Uh, (laughs) It's always good to have competition in the marketplace, right? Definitely. It makes everyone push each other. Yeah. (laughs) Everything we say on the show is 100% real and authentic. Correct. Yes. Uh, But yes, I think the... Having the different voices makes different shit happen, which yeah, is absolutely. good. So, uh, you know, 64, we play that for forever. So many games on that system mm-hmm. that just, like, build my heart's oh, blocks. Same here. Uh, eventually, we, eventually, way after we got a PlayStation 1, uh, somewhere in there, all of these were, like, inherited hand-me-down kind of things. We got a Dreamcast, oh, which cool. was... Uh, favorite console oh, of mine. Wow. Uh, I think when I started buying consoles myself would have been the GameCube. Cool. So I bought a GameCube for myself. Uh, and then f- I also got a Wii for myself, and All I like right. camped out at Best Buy. Wow. Late at night to do it. Goodness, um, way to go! And then I eventually I jumped into the Sony fray, Sony PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. So for a while, that big honking CRT TV. Was home to a a, a a Wii and a PS3. Wow, that was sort of the the sw- and I would have to switch the uh, the RGB kind of yep. or whatever they were called the three the three the component the cables yeah. Um, and eventually, you know, I think that might have been the final era for that CRT TV. RIP CRT. <laughs> when I moved out to LA, I bought a Wii U for myself, oh, and then cool. I bought a PS4. Then I sold the PS4, and then I bought a Switch, and now I'm just a Switch boy. All right. Well, welcome to the present, Switch boy. Thank you so much. Um, I the Nintendo Switch boy. Uh, their next that'll be that's my hard prediction for their next uh, iteration of the Switch is the Switch boy. That's yeah, kind of what a Switch Lite is. Yeah, it definitely is. Which I don't have one, and I'm me not either. I'm not gonna buy one for a few reasons. But don't get me wrong, they're really cute, and I really like them they just released a coral one yeah i'm like man i want that you know i would be tempted to buy it if the cloud saves and stuff was easier specifically for something like animal crossing oh yeah like in which you can't it literally makes no sense to have two switches if you're playing animals cross animals crossing animals Animals crossing animals crossing (laughs) uh speaking of which not to go on another tangent but uh animal crossing for you so Animal Crossing for me consists of, I'm going to say his name on the cast. I don't think he minds. Mikey Majorana, childhood friend of mine. Woo. Uh, we would go to his house 
and we would watch him play Animal Crossing on the GameCube in his suburban Michigan basement mm-hmm. during a hot summer day. And we would switch the dates, like yeah. internally. And we would just, we would mostly listen to KK Slider sing. Ah. Oh. <laughs> That's a good reason to one. That's a good KK slider. Two. That's a good reason to play that game. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Will you play the new one? I don't know. Okay. If I can't, I want to. I want to be somewhere where someone is playing it. Sure. Well, I want that you know to be scratched. Here, this is me. Every, t- especially when I have guests like yourself, which we are like casual friends. I don't know how we would describe our friendship, but this is me. I always casual try to get casual friends. <laughs> Don't read into it. Don't read into it. It feels <laughs> backhanded. No. <laughs> well, I bring on. I get to have a lot of people on the show that I am familiar and friendly with, but that we don't know each other yeah. or hang super well or hang out a lot. So this will be me saying, "Greg, I am getting that game yeah. on day one. Yeah, it'd be lovely to have you over, and you could you could watch me play just like Mikey. Uh, Connor, no thanks. Don't." <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Of course I want to do this. Yay. Of course I do. I'll cool. bring snacks. Oh, that, well, match made in heaven. Yeah. There we are. I remember match made in, I don't know what I was going to, I was going to make an Animal Crossing joke, but there's Match not... made in Leaf. There we are. Horizon? Uh, Who knows? Uh, Well, awesome. That gives me a good idea yeah. of, of your, you've been a, you've been gaming your whole life. Pretty much. You're and gaming the one, today. If there is a piece of history I missed on my personal mm, yes. odyssey of video games, PC gaming was very important to me growing up. Okay. On our family computer, uh... I brought up my dad earlier and I painted him in perhaps an unfair, I don't get video games kind of lights. He and I, I have this very vivid memory. We would play computer games together growing up. And we played this game. This might have been what instilled my sort of assignment of video games to pure positivity, silliness, etc. We would play this Winter Olympics game. Interesting. Maybe like an Atlanta Winter Olympics, would that make sense? And we would, you could customize a character in it, and we would do the ski jump. Yeah. And we would, we crafted this character, an Irish character named Ofali. <laughs> and we would not play to win. We would play to go for the biggest, baddest wipeouts. Oh. Possible, like Ofali. Oh, yeah. And we would so just clever. like fucking giggle. It was oh. so much fun. I love that. Yeah. That's really fun. And you were talking earlier, not to not to keep going on tangents. We, don't worry, this show is a hundred percent about tangents, sure. like most podcasts. But sure. um, you were talking about how you played other games like uh, The Secret of Monkey Island and yes. other games like that. So you played fun, maybe sports games like that, but also point and click stuff. I uh, loved point and click adventures. I played all, yeah. a lot of those. Did Monkey you- Island, Loom. Cool. Um, uh, Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, and Last Crusade. Cool. But I also played a lot of like edgy 2000s computer games. Okay. Like your Half-Lifes, which I guess was technically 90s, your Counter-Strikes. Mm. Grand Theft Auto 3 for the computer was a huge game oh, for the wow. Smith household. And we would do mods. Oh. So like we would... You could like put your own custom soundtrack in. You could make your character look weird. Oh. I also played Max Payne a lot. Oh my goodness. And I had a bunch of Max Payne mods where like <laughs> he could have a staff and do like kung fu and shit. Wow. It was so much fun. That's awesome. I did a decent amount of PC gaming growing up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of holes there, but it was not when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I spent a lot of time on those games yeah. so that's really fun and now i don't i kind of don't pc game anymore i'm a console boy yeah same here the last 
game that I played for the PC was the Back to the Future game. Oh, the Telltale games. So good. I love Telltale. They're, that was the only thing I've experienced from them. Mm. But based on that, I am happy that they were a company. I think they are kind of bad. Because who bought Someone bought someone them. Someone bought them. We've talked about this on the show, but I was uncertain. Well, we can figure it out. You got to play the Walking Dead games. Yeah. They're so good. And The Wolf Among Us. Okay. So good. Ooh, awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for sharing all that. Of That's course. really awesome. I love to get an idea uh, of people's history, so that was really fun. The game we're here to talk about today is Streets of Rage 2. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to share a little game history and context. Again, as I said earlier, Greg, feel free to uh, interject at any time. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Streets of Rage 2 is a side-scrolling beat-em-up video game published by Sega in 1992 for the Mega Drive and Genesis. I think on the video portion I said Master System, but it was Mega Drive and Genesis. Uh, it was developed by, <laughs> I guess what I'm going to characterize as a smorgasbord of companies, including Sega, uh, and is the second game in the series. It's also a couch co-op game, as we very much experienced mm-hmm. on the video portion. This is me plugging the video portion. Check us out on YouTube uh, for Call Me By Your Game uh, companions. We always do a video part. Um, it was crit- it was a critical and commercial success and is commonly regarded as the best entry in the series and one of the greatest beat-em-up games of all time. Hard to agree. Um, in this game, uh, the two main characters are Axel Stone and Blaze Fielding. They're returning from, from Streets of Rage, the first one, as our heroes, with two new characters to play at, Max Thunder and Eddie Skate Hunter. Uh, in the game, you play as these heroes and bludgeon your way through a series of eight levels seeking out Mr. X to defeat him and his criminal organization uh, once and for all, and also to save Skate's older brother, Adam, from harm. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to share about the game? Um, that is a great overview of it. It's, it is so fun. I love the term you use bludgeon, I think is what you mm-hmm. said. It's very fun to bludgeon. Yeah. <laughs> your these, way through these motherfuckers. Yes, it is. It's very fun. Um, well, so that'll pretty much do it for the game history and context. Let's dive into like your experience with this game. Sure. Do you remember for starting off? Do you remember how this game like found you? Or how you found this game? The recollection I have, this is definitely a formative game for me, which means I would have been pretty little when I first played this game. Mm. Um, But when we inherited our Sega Genesis from a family friend, we also inherited just like a bunch of games from them. I don't know why they were like cleaning house so much. but um, Stroke of luck for the Smith family. Indeed, indeed. Uh, And I remember... Just like looking through all of these, to me, anonymous games and just like kind of <laughs> glancing at the sort of, because on the cartridge, they would have like kind of a cover. Yeah. And that one, the cover is like this sort of painted, what's his name? Drew Struzan, the movie poster guy. Oh. It's kind of in that style of like Axel, like uppercutting uh-huh. someone. Max is in the corner and it, I was just like, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and we played it and it, instantly became a mainstay in the Smith household. Gordon and I, my brother and I, would play this game together all the time. It's such a fun, accessible, replayable, without getting boring kind of experience, even though it is so simple. It's mm-hmm. three buttons, jump punch special, um, and it, it, it really instilled itself in our uh, 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 fraternal vocabulary. Yeah. To this day, like I was saying on the video thing, we talk about this game a bunch. The music was so important to us as kind of developing musicians. It has this really funky, 
like dance house EDM trance kind of vibe with these dope synths and these weird chords and rhythms. You just like it. You groove out while yeah. you play. It's so fun to beat people up while nodding your head. <laughs> yes, it it's is. Such yeah. like a visceral <laughs> thing for me. And we also, whenever we would have like sleepovers with friends who would come over and sleep in our cold, cold, refreshing basement. Yes. <laughs> during a hot Michigan summer. This game sounds like an oasis, by the way. It was truly oh. an oasis. I didn't. Uh, in in on the West Coast, there are significantly less basements. Yes, there, as are. there are. It's in something the I've noticed. Yeah. Um, which is a bummer. I the base. I mean, the basement. I truly. I, I had one close friend with a basement, but my grandparents in St. Louis, they had a basement, which was also where we played their NES. So uh. I like would just fantasize and i still would love a basement someday that's a really fun idea but um so you would have people over to play this game yeah and it became kind of an instant part of that friendship and Mm -hmm. that vocabulary too this game really it's it's a sticky game Mm -hmm. it sticks to you yeah it's very i mean it's very accessible it's it's not not to say that i am an a like a newbie or a novice to video games i've played a lot so it's easier for me to pick up a new game than it might be for someone who's not as familiar. That said, like you said earlier, it's special punch, jump, and just and moving around with a yep. directional pad. So it's easy for like a friend to pick up. Yep. Um, which I mean, to like thinking about games today, do you have that? That makes me think of games. Do you have games that are easy, that are go tos for you to like play with people now? I mean, it's tough. It is hard. Frankly. And I, uh, uh, not to tell her story out of school, my girlfriend Annabelle, who- Shout out. Future guests? Yeah. Uh, it's like, or depending on how you release it. it uh, yes, definitely future guests. Yes. Yeah. Um, she is less experienced with video games than I, and there will be times when we were both kind of like in the mood to play a video game, and I'm kind of like, dang, what is the most accessible? So we usually settle on like Mario Kart. Yep. But even that is- kind of a dense game there is like a there's a lot going on there's a certain like threshold that you have to have to be adept at that game yes how what i will say about the new one that yeah. is really helpful is you've probably used them yourself are the options to change every specific character to give them the option to have assisted steering if you're going to go off the edge yep. and assisted acceleration yeah uh which uh is so helpful so if i've ever had friends over I mean, half the time it is someone who is not going to drift around the whole track like like myself. Wow. Uh, yeah, a little humble brag out here. Uh, or just That's a straight just up a straight brag. brag. <laughs> um, but that makes it really fun and accessible for everybody to play. Yeah. But still, it it I I have the same sort of hesitation that you do, even put, put, picking up that game. Yeah. For and I, sure. But I will say, though, now that we're kind of talking about how to accessibly introduce a casual video gamer into mm-hmm. a game uh sort of early-ish into animal and i dating i actually showed her streets of rage 2 and we played it together and watching her discover the joys of bludgeoning these motherfuckers yes. and like watching her change and like getting it, it was a very special very oh, special thing that's really great not only i mean that is very special not only getting to share Something that is near and that I would just assume is near and dear to you. Yes. This game and video games in general, but also like see that other person enjoy them and yeah. and like take. I I don't know if this is going to be fair to characterize this uh, her experiences this way, but kind of like 
take it on for her own and yeah. have her own experience with this. Yeah. It's really cool. When you have her on, she'll refute all of this. She'll be like, that was <laughs> yes. the worst. That was the worst date anyone's ever brought me on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems that these episodes, your episodes might be back to back. So it seems that she won't because we are, but for a peek behind the curtain for the listener recording later this week with her, um, Ooh, that we, meta. she won't have the time to refute it. So I won't <laughs> let that even happen. Uh, but that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, for you, uh, we were talking about like playing games with people. So you used to play this with uh, friends who would come over yeah. too. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about like having, is there anything you remember that you want to share about like having people over to play this game? It, I'm thinking we set, talked earlier on the video portion that, um, that games are, which isn't, this isn't like a revelation that we're having or an epiphany that games are a conduit to friendship. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about that or with this game in particular that you remember? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like video games were the baseline of a lot of my adolescent friend hangouts. Nice. Um, we uh, Streets of Rage 2 was such a go-to alongside other kind of 16-bit games like Mortal Kombat's 1 through 3, uh, uh, Darius Twin, the Tiny Toons game. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool Spot, the 7-Up cool game. Cool Spot. So good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> other beat em ups we loved playing too. We loved playing Batman Returns, mm-hmm. Maximum Carnage, uh, 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Um, these games were so. What I love about them is that they are inherently repetitive. Mm-hmm. They're inherently, especially with this game. I've played these stages bazillion times, and yet it it, it both feels like a comforting. I'm a guy who loves traditions. Mm-hmm. Like I love capitalism. Uh, I love <laughs> I love the traditions of like America. You know what I mean? <laughs> With like everything that implies. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, please cut that. Yeah. Um, um, like Christmas traditions. Yeah. Doing the uh, so it, for me provides kind of a very comfortable an uh, oasis. Yeah, the word you used earlier of like a base reality that feels like a nice familiarity, but it always uh, springboards into new experiences. Mm -hmm. And then when I kind of moved into, I graduated to like N64, the uh, four-player explosion changed everything. Mm -hmm. It was so like, I've never laughed harder than like playing Mario Party with three other friends and just like somebody... Because the luck in that game is so honky-doo. Yep, that is the way to describe it. Truly, that's the way to describe it, is honky-doo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we would just cry laughing. So many, uh, high school, uh, all of the GameCube games, um, like Star Fox Assault. Oh, my goodness. Def Jam Fight for New York, one of my Mm. all-time favorites. Put that on my tombstone. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Mario Party again, like I think maybe like four and five yeah. and six came out for that. Mario Strikers. Yeah. Just all of these games. Eventually, you know, the Call of Duties and whatnot. The four player experience changed and defined friendship for me. It was such a communal. Yeah, it's just joy. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so much fun. Uh, it feels now that these i don't know how it's we kind of talked about this earlier but like these sort of experiences are rare we were talking about this on the video portion because the last time that we had played 
any games together was a little over a year ago when we had Smash Day when Smash Ultimate Super came Smash out. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So much fun. It was uh, really we, fun. I think there were like 15 people who yeah. ended up coming to my apartment Bunch that day. of TVs. Bunch of TVs. Jeremy, special thanks to you for bringing your TV over. Was it this bad boy right here that you brought? Do you know? Living room one. Well, shout out to the living room TV. Um, but that those moments are rare. Even our like the 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 like I guess what you would call the core crew of people who do Jeremy's show, video games, a comedy show. Listen to it anywhere you get your podcast. I've been on it. It's a great time. Yes. Uh, any like that group of people, we've probably only played games together four or five times. Yeah. Uh, at, over the last couple years that we've been doing this, so. Yes, that we did. That was Super Monkey Ball. Super Monkey Ball that game takes game. me back. It was fun. That's another Mikey Myrana game for me. Oh. It takes me back. Another Sega game too. True. Yes. Um, but those those moments are like f- sort of few and far between. I mean, I joked with you before over Messenger, but it was like this doing this show is also just like even if it's for a half hour, it's an easy way for me to get people to play a game with me. It's such a there are so many layers we have to s- swim through, I guess is the metaphor. You can swim through a layer. You can swim yeah. through a if layer. If you're a cell, you're swimming through layers, hey, I would assume. That's all you're doing. <laughs> True. If you're not practicing mitosis. <laughs> yes, of course. Or mestacization. I forgot my cell knowledge. Mitochondria's. The powerhouse of the cell. The powerhouse of the cell. Cilia's. It's like the hair. Anyway. This is the cell talk portion of the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to cell talk. <laughs> Let's get into it. Caller, you're on the air. No? No callers? Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of layers to swim through uh, to get just any kind of like friendship without an ulterior motive, I think. Being an adult is one layer. Living in Los Angeles, uh, being creative. When yeah. to succeed as a creator, you kind of constantly have to have to be working. Yeah, to the point where like, I don't want to psychoanalyze you on your sure. own podcast, but like, as you just kind of said, the the way to make time for friendship, video game time, is to make a piece of content mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, well, where, I feel that. Why am I on like a, a really comfy bench now? Oh, and just you've like, got a notepad. Just like have a seat. Let's just like start from the beginning. Okay. Um, well, it all started with, but I mean, I it's it's crazy that it can take that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because in our in our in an ideal world, we would be able to just do this all the time. Because, yes. Well, we're not, and I mean, I think if we if we look at it, we are living very strange, different lives. Mm. It's not as if we all have a like, uh, I guess a str- very normal or or traditionally structured job mm-hmm. that's that is like nine to five on the weekdays, and we have our whole weekends free. I don't know what your weekends look like but i would guess at some point you're either at like a rehearsal or doing something creative or story pirates all or all of the above all so like it's hard to find windows it's yeah windows pockets yeah and those windows and pockets even for a half an hour Mm -hmm. like you said are so you know they bring in that air yeah, they you do. Just, you just need a little oh, that, air. That fresh air. So I, w- I hope I wasn't coming off as criticizing uh, no, not the at all. entire concept of this podcast. No, not at all. <laughs> Jeremy, cut this episode. <laughs> What's that? I can't hear you. You're off mic. What did you say? Where did we, we're, uh, we're out of the room. Uh, no, not no. it didn't come off uh, that way at all. I think that's a very fair... Hard scene painting. <laughs> right? 
uh, oh, of course, you know me. I see if the scene's not going the way I want it. If I'm not in the first beat of those heralds, I'm painting it the way oh, I want to look. Oh, baby. Um, I see Connor look really handsome. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, okay. you've got to stop saying that at the top of your show, James Mastriani tells me. Um, oh, you got to stop saying it at the top of your show. Yeah. Uh, Wow, that's a good James. I'm trying. He's <laughs> sort of like he's sort of like itched John Benjamin a little bit. Yeah, uh, definitely. Come get high with me, you know. Let's yeah. have a good time. Uh, uh, if James would ever tell me that, I'd be the happiest boy on <laughs> earth. Um, so if you're listening, James, ask me to come get high with you. Um, I don't think that's an unfair characterization <laughs> as from it, from the show at all because that is like kind of what it is at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that's really cool. I love that observation. Yeah, well, uh, and the observation as a whole, just about like our lives. Yes. That's really cool. It is hard, and another component of it being hard, specifically for couch co-op multiplayer, yeah. is the dang internet. And the internet is a blessing and a curse when it comes to multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I really dislike how focused. I think Nintendo is good at avoiding this, but the, kind of the Sony's, the Microsofts, the more triple-a prestige adult titles Mm -hmm. your calls of duties battlefronts stuff like that your PUBGs, your fortnites they're all focused on the online multiplayer experience which is good because if you live in different areas like i have in la uh you know played uh mario kart online with my homies back home who used to play that together in the same room put it on speakerphone it's like great but also it does kind of it's another thing, another layer to swim through on the inconveniences getting in the way of a couch yeah. co-op experience because it is so easy to just be like, let's just log on and like play for a little bit. Totally. And it's just not quite the same. It is a lot more, for the most part, more fun being with somebody I think so. in person and doing I think that. think so. That, but like you said, it's still fun and special to get those moments. Yes. I've done a little bit of like gaming with friends online yeah. uh but it is mostly in person if i'm able to do that yeah me too um but it's also fun <laughs> there's definitely a lot of fun experiences playing call of duty with just strangers yeah that yeah. is definitely there's something to the globalization and the fun of that and the even like the angry moments of that sometimes sure. I used to play a lot of Halo online, yeah. Halo uh, 4 specifically, and Halo 1 on the PC, Combat Evolved. I'd oh. play a lot of that. Um, that was really fun mm-hmm. sometimes knowing I was playing with other people, even if I didn't have like any understanding of who they are yeah. or any relationship. So sometimes it is fun, but I guess the core of what I really do like about playing with other people is like the relationship there. Yeah, me too. Um, just at least personally. Me too. Um is there, as far as this specific game goes, Streets of Rage 2, uh, is there anything that you really wanted to talk about that you love about this game Besi- uh, besides anything we may have touched on sure. so far? I'll just give another shout out to, yeah. the, to the music. Awesome. The music is really important. It's really so evocative and it slaps. It yes. just frankly slaps. Um, the atmosphere of the game is so interesting. I think we're in a kind of... We're saturated a lot, not just with video games, but with movies, a little TV too, with the kind of like grimy, neon, noir, cyberpunkish. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling's Drive. That like Hotline a- Miami. Aesthetic or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Aesthetic stretched out. Yeah. Vaporwave yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> and I think Streets of Rage 2 is sort of low key ahead of its time mm-hmm. in that respect. The color scheme of it is so 
popping and saturated in like reds and purples. And it feels both like, I guess it feels like what you would imagine a city at night feels like. Yeah. It feels like it's like out of my dreams and my memories and nostalgia sort of subconscious meanderings and slapped in this really cool aesthetic stretched out way. Yes. Um, and I also wanted to talk, we played on the video portion yeah. as the two main characters, Axel and Blaze. So much fun. Uh, Max is a low-key, real fun character to mm -hmm. play as. He's a slow and strong character. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I was always more a fan of like the cruiserweight sort of uh, tiny, fast folks. Sure. Uh, but lately, playing as Max is like fun. Yeah. And he's a wrestler, so a lot of his moves involve wrestling kind of specifics. Oh, fun. Which is so fun. But I, I must, I must shout out Skate. Mm -hmm. Skate is the funnest character to play in this game kind of objectively yeah for one thing he skates around yes so he zooms very fast i watched uh we didn't get to play a skate but i watched uh some videos today because yeah. i try to familiarize myself with the games we're doing especially if i'm not super familiar yeah. like this one and i was watching the animation for skate so and, fluid so fun and he's so cool they even have his like arm sway like a yeah. rollerblader would yeah i thought that was such a cool touch that attention to detail is, yeah. is clutch it is such a fluid game um and he jumps around and he smacks people. And there's like a really appealing cartoonish sort of swoosh. Mm -hmm. Like his skates are moving so fast that it becomes an anime swoosh. Oh, sure. And he has a move that to this day I think is the coolest fighting game move Ooh. ever. You you saw on occasion you grab people and you sort of like flip over them. <laughs> yeah. You grab someone to skate. You flip over them. He jumps onto their shoulders and with his fists, bashes the guy's head like in between his legs. Oh whap, my whap, whap, whap. goodness! He's like a hobbit on a normal person. Yeah, That's he's like amazing. a hobbit on a normal person. Yeah, <laughs> which everyone understands what that means. <laughs> For some reason, I'm just thinking of like Merry and Pippin, like yeah. jumping onto people and jumping whatnot. onto an ent and just there we are clobbering him. Uh, this move is so, so cool to look at to execute. It is just hard enough that as a kid, especially. Like it would take a bit of effort for me mm -hmm. to do, and when I did it, ooh, I felt good. Ooh. Would you have to like jump and then time like a hit, or do you remember how you would do that? So to engage someone in a grapple, you kind of just have to amorphously walk into yes. them, hope it triggers the grapple, hope that you can flip over at any time. The character can be like enough punch, yeah, and hope that you press the punch button at the right time to. Psh, psh, psh. Okay. Cool. It's just so cool. I was like, there was one time when I was playing that I think I think I might just be remembering a playthrough I watched earlier, mm. where my character because we did a bunch of those where we accidentally grabbed each other yes. and flip back constant, and forth. Constant. <laughs> but I think I did that once and was like, wow, that was really cool. How did I even do that? Oh yeah, and you kind of like threw. I think yeah, that's what happened. It's cool. Um, whether I'm just imprinting that onto the gameplay or whether I saw it earlier. Well, it's pretty. We cool. do have the tapes. This I is guess true. We can go to the tape, Jeremy. Pull up everything we did earlier. Oh, he's unplugging and shutting his computer and mm. the other computer. Oh, no. I turned off his light and we're in darkness. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Uh, was there anything else that you want to share about the game before we move on to some fun stuff or anything else you wanted to say? Anything else I wanted to say? Um, here's a weird thought. Oh, please. Experiment. What do you think... 
I feel like I, uh, how do I want to say this? I'll just say it. It is interesting that all of these formative experiences of friendship and positivity are kind of predicated on violence. Oh. On like hanging out with friends and I just got gleeful describing <laughs> bashing someone's, bashing someone's in. skull in and all that like Halo combat evolved. Yeah. It's not, I'm a big, 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 big believer in expression through art, in non-censorship, in fighting against the idea that video games kill children's yeah. lives. In fact, I think they often save them. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of I had a lot of like anger issues as a kid and I feel like discovering video games when I did helped me work out that aggression in a kind of cathartic way. Interesting. But there still is something to me worth interrogating about the glee of violence, simulated violence, controlling violence, leading to positivity. Yeah. Something intra- I think it's good mostly. But- yes. I wonder... I think I also would lean that same way where mm-hmm. I do think that is mostly positive, but it, but part of me does question it sometimes. I wonder if it's just like the, and I don't say execution to mean literal execution of like a life. I mean, executing like, like a button sequence or like a move or doing something that you couldn't normally do Correct. in real life. Actually. I couldn't flip over someone and jump on their shoulders and bash him. Well, would... have you tried? <laughs> You know, I feel like my brother and I probably <laughs> tried things like yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe maybe I think you maybe you already even touched on it and we probably won't come to the, this is probably an even bigger discussion. No, let's um, get into it. Yeah, let's cool. We're going to be here for another hour. Mm-hmm. Uh but maybe there that is what it is. It's like uh being able to express or at least like touch on these emotions in an art form like a video game or something in a way that actually isn't harming anyone correct um it's harming like a pixel correct which then you can i mean you can get into the whole thing where it's like well we're gonna interact with robots someday and what's that like i think that's different uh i know but no i mean mean, yeah totally but i think there's probably something to that is like experiencing that and also but with the understanding i think we inherently know that this stuff isn't real and that also those actions in a normal context are not right correct or or that are harmful to people so i don't i don't know but it is an interesting thought yeah yeah i guess fundamentally if storytelling in a genre space which i would make the argument that streets of rage 2 is Mm -hmm. the fighting game genre let's say yeah is kind of about and I'm sort of taking my understanding of like horror cinema and applying it to here, which is maybe unfair. If it's about taking traumas like taking over a city, uh, classism, capitalism, violence in the streets, and turning it into a piece of constructive, good feeling art, then I think that is something worth applauding. Definitely. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. That's got to be one of the more interesting last thought. Wow. Like moments we've had. Thank you, Greg. Oh, I I am so welcome. You are. So- <laughs> You're so welcome. No. What you, was I trying to say? You are. I don't know what you were trying to say. I'm, I'm great, you, grateful, flattered. May, maybe that's what it is. But thank you for sharing regardless. Could have been. Could have been. Um, awesome. Well, I'm just going to jump into some, we are going to jump into some, uh, end of the show fun, uh, segments real quick. Let's jump. All right. So the first segment, uh, at the end of the show that I like to do is the fact me by your game segment. 
So I'm going to share some facts about Fact the... Fact to me by your game. There you are. It's uh, really good. As I forget, who was it? Heather Woodward, shout out to our dear Heather Woodward. Ah, what a um, friend. What a what a great friend. Uh, she was correct in identifying this as a derivative of a derivative. True. Um, but I'm going to share some facts. Co- and you also, please, uh, you probably know all of these or might know a few of them. So... I don't expect them to surprise you, but it's fun. Um, the first one is that it is possible in this game to take no damage from falling. Do you know how to do this? I can also share it with you. Falling? So as like a, if like an enemy throws you, oh! if you hold the jump and up buttons from the time they throw you to the time you land, you take you don't take extra damage from landing. Oh. So you'll take like a throw damage, but not like a landing damage. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so a little something to try out. That's the a next fun, time you play. That's like how competitive players. Play. Oh yeah, they yeah. would know all those little like that's nuances. That's interesting. Um, the, that's the more that's the only like uh, gameplay element fact I have. I have two more that I want to share. Yeah. Um, which this one is like not super interesting, but uh, Streets of Rage Two was put on a massive sixteen megabyte cartridge, which was four times larger than the than the one from its predecessor. Which from Streets on a, of Rage 1? Yes, it was on a 4 megabyte. And that being said, features still had to be left out of this game, including like uh, real stage hazards, uh, oh. because they just didn't have the extra space for it. Yeah. For example, they wanted to include, um, like in one of the stages, a car careening through the stage that could hit you yeah. or enemies and then crash into a wall, but they didn't get to include yeah. that. This also, I've been trying to cite my sources better. I got this from a Strafe Fox video on YouTube, as well as this one, which is it's about all about the history of Streets of Rage 2. The last one, which I have in all caps, music for Greg. <laughs> That's what I have this titled. Um, and I apologize for mispronouncing these names potentially, but I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the music for this uh, show, which you are, or this game which you already touched on, which was uh, uh, the, one of the composers, Yuzo Koshiro, kept the genre of the original game's music, which is more, like you said, a techno club house yep. style music. And he worked with freelance composer Mosahiro Kawashima, who was a regular face at the time at clubs in the area. So they would, and together, they actually would like go to clubs and listen to this music and they tried their best to like recreate it. So they were actually like, this was not just something they were like, all right, we're going to try to do this genre, which is yeah. fun. But they were actually fans of that music style. And they went out They went out of their way. For The original composer yeah. hired an authentic uh, composer of this genre, totally removed from video games. And then the two of them went to clubs to like osmosis the sounds. And that's why it's such a yeah. interesting, engaging soundtrack. I Goodness, love that. I love that. It's so great. Um, and last little tiny fact on that is that I guess the music was composed on the PC-88, which means nothing to me, hmm. but someone out there might mean something to them. Um, we're going to move on to the final fun uh, segment. This is the game recommendation segment of the show. Um, I do this segment on the show because as in the movie, we're finally tying it in, Call Me By Your Name. Is L- it a video game? Sufiancy Evans game. Um, <laughs> uh, as in the movie. Wait, uh, hang on, hang on. Mine was good. <laughs> I know. I feel like nobody reacted to it. It was very. good. I feel like. Have you heard that joke before? I haven't heard that joke before. But no, not, but now you have to explain it on the show. Well, the the movie "Call Me by Your Name" yes ends with Timothy Chalamet staring at a fire and crying. Mm-hmm. And the Sufjan Stevens song, which just goes, is it a video? And so I thought that ah, 
That's a good joke. Oh, you didn't know the lyrics of the original. I thought that that, when you said it, I was like, oh, that's just the lyric. Ah. Because it sounded so good and normal. No, he just stops at video. And so I was like, it's a video game podcast based on that. Someone out there listening to the show got it and was, it is on your side, Greg. (laughs) And it's like, Connor, you could do better. No, I feel bad that I made a stop so I could. No. Thank you for doing that. It would have been weird. Fish if, for this. It would have been weird if you didn't. Now, <laughs> and you helped uh, teach me. So thank That's you. That's all I wanted to do. That's all, honestly, I needed from people, from all my friends. Um, but as in that movie, when Elio moves on from his relationship, uh, he, in as is in life, I'm sure, which we don't see off screen, is Elio dates other people, is in other relationships. In life, sometimes people date uh other individuals that are very similar to those that they've dated before. Sometimes they date very wildly different people. They, uh, you know, swing back and forth. So I have some recommendations based on your love of Streets of Rage mm. too. So the first one that I have that is uh, still in the beat 'em up genre, uh, which we've referenced uh, multiple times today, hanging out, uh, is TMNT4 Turtles in Time. It's such a good game. Um, I, my friend, shout out again for the millionth time to my uh, friend Eddie Martin. Uh, I recently got a Super Nintendo and he lent me that game to yeah. take back. So I also have that at my place. We could play Oof. some time. Um, who, do you, who do you play as? I, growing up, was like a Leo head. Yeah. But now I like to play as Don just because I like that extra reach. Don uh, I'm, a, I'm a Don boy as well. I'm a Don freak. We're all Don freaks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, another su- suggestion for a game that is something different but still feels arcadey and fun which I think you already might be a fan of this game is NBA Jam specifically for the Wii yeah I had that game I still I have that game too NBA it's very Jam fun. is one of my that was a close contender the SNES version for this yes that game is so important to oh, me. I love, I love that, that. well I feel I'm feeling good about these suggestions yeah. um, and then the last one which oddly enough we've brought up today as well hanging out my out of left field suggestion i wanted to have something that and this is going to be obvious as soon as, as soon as i start doing it um <laughs> i wanted to have something off the beaten path a little bit one of the coolest characters in the game that we were talking about earlier is skate yeah. so i wanted to go you know let's go down how can we find a game that's tied to skate a little bit so of course i'm recommending jet set radio future on the xbox yeah. So I, I, as I said, I've played the original for the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite games. Another game where the soundtrack is like hugely important to me. I would love to try the sequel. Yeah. So well, so there we are. Yeah. Amazing. Um, now all you have to do is find these games. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Well, before we get into plugs, uh, Greg, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Goodness, thank you so much for having me. What a joy. It has been such a joy. It's so fun. Uh, um, as I've said before, I hope to have guests come on and do more games from their past. So uh, this is your invitation to do that at some point. Anytime. I'd love to. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, let's get into plugs. What would you like to plug? Where can people find you? What do you want to share with us? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Smith L. Greg. Um, you can visit my website, www.smithlgreg.com to see a bunch of stuff I've directed, wrote, acted in. Um, if you live in Los Angeles, Second City every Friday night at 7 p.m., I'm in a musical comedy called Supportive White Parents. I play uh, I play the kind of character that would, let's say chug mountain dew game fuel <laughs> and like he would have bought the new the modern warfare reboots day one but he would have like blasted it for like being 
fucking like sissy yeah online. <laughs> i don't want to like think about who i'm mowing down fuck this i play that kind of character very endearing character yes 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 <laughs> easy to love uh <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I got. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt. Listen to his wonderful video game podcast, uh, sibling podcast of the show, Video Games, a comedy show. Um, you can find me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, come, if you like improv comedy, come check me out on the Herald Team Jet Set uh, at the UCB Theater. Look us up at ucbtheater.com. If you like the show, if you're really, if you're enjoying this you want to uh help us out you want to uh i don't know how am i trying to say this if if you want to give back to the show at all for whatever reason um give us a rating and a review on itunes we'd love to hear what you're loving about the show it helps us be more visible to help more people find us uh to grow the reach of the show that would be awesome um but that's all we've got for you today on the call me by your game podcast we'll see you another time <laughs>